Welcome to Powwow Live Podcast from powwows.com, connecting you with native culture since 1996. Here's your host, Paul Gowder. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Powwow Life Podcast. I'm Paul Gowder, founder of powwows.com. Thank you for being here for another episode. If you're new or not familiar with powwows.com, we are your place to come learn, explore, experience, and connect with Native American culture. We're open to everybody, whether you grew up on a reservation or you're just interested in learning more about the, the culture and maybe heading to your first powwow. Hope we are the jumping off point so that you can experience and learn more about Native culture. Today's episode is an interview with Rhea Thundercloud. She started off as a powwow dancer, then joined a professional dance troupe and traveled around the world performing classical and contemporary dances. Through that, she turned it in to a career and has now come out with a children's book about powwow dancing. It's a really amazing story. She seized her opportunity and is doing amazing things. So I hope you'll enjoy that interview. You can pre-order her book now on Amazon.com by heading to www.powwows.com slash finding my dance. All one word, finding my dance, lowercase. So go out and support her by pre-ordering that book on Amazon now. And you also help support powwows.com by following that link because we receive a small commission from Amazon for purchases made on that link at no extra cost to you. So you can support Rhea and powwows.com all at one time. Don't forget to listen to the end of the episode. I'll have this week's trivia question, some announcements about what's going on with powwows.com and some other special things happening. So stay tuned for that. But here is our interview with Rhea Thundercloud. dancer, choreographer, and now a book author. Thanks so much for being here. Can you introduce yourself and tell us about, you know, um, what you've been up to lately? Because you, I'm excited to find out more about the this book you just had come out. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Rhea Thundercloud. I am from San Diego Pueblo, Taos Pueblo, and the Ho-Chunk Nation. I am a professional dancer and a powwow dancer as well. Um, I've been dancing since the age of four. Um, I was brought into the powwow circle at Ann Arbor Powwow 
um, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, so it was a, such a huge honor and honestly a core memory of mine um, to be brought into the Powell Circle at such a young age. And so, um, yes, I have a book coming out. It's going to be published in September of 2022. It's called Finding My Dance. And the process to coming up with a book title name was actually very a long process for me and my publisher because you know, we were going with all these other options and all these other choices that were kind of more related to like my Indian name, my Ho-Chunk name, and it kind of just evolved. And, um, you know, with cultural sensitivity being Pueblo as well, there was some things that I wasn't able to like include in the book title and things like that. So um, finding my dance became like, I think the eighth like round of titles. So it's really exciting to see. And I just feel like it fits perfectly um, because it really is like a symbolism of how my dance journey has been and how it started with powwow. Like powwow is the root and the core of like my dancing. So um, yeah, I guess that's a good, that's my intro. <laughs> yeah. So before we talk more about the book, you know, you mentioned you started dancing at an early age. So I have to ask you, know, what were some of those powwows that you remember? What are, or what are your favorites um, that you, you know, you would always hit every year um, and uh, looking forward, are we hitting any now that powwows are back in 2022? Yeah. So a significant powwow that I remember specifically is Ann Arbor powwow, just because it, I was brought into the powwow circuit there. Another one I really, really liked when I was a kid was Stimitzen, um, which no longer is happening. And um, the Woodland Bowl, the famous Wooden Bowl in Kashina, yeah. Wisconsin. I mean, that's like one of my favorite memories as a kid. And I feel like um, powwow back in the 90s is different than powwow today because a lot of my memories were camping, um, showering outside, um, just traveling, staying with um, relatives. Um, it was just so different compared to how it is now. Like our lives were so simple but so amazing and it just I just feel like camping was a big part of one of my like memories and I feel like most of the powers I went to in the midwest were camping I remember waking up like super sweaty sometimes in the morning or like needing the bathroom um and those are just like <laughs> those are just like things that were so normal um but also like really cool. And I didn't realize like how significant it would be like turning into adult and how much I cherish those memories as an adult now. But um, as far as powers coming up, I do want to kind of like hit some powers in California um, with COVID restrictions in my community. It's a, it's a lot harder to travel right now. So I think I'll just be local for the moment, which is gathering is coming up. So I'm in Albuquerque. Okay. So I'm excited for that one. I love going to like the pageant and um, just the festivities of it. It's also like a super, like a super entertainment powwow, um, a lot different than like the the Midwest or like different, like more um, OG powwows, I guess. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so. For sure. It, it's different. Uh, everybody should go, but it, it is different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you were a powwow dancer. You traveled around with your family. Then, and you're right. I'm Skimitskin. That was such a that was such a different style powwow too. Um, I remember going to that one in the early 2000s. That was that was in 
that was really fun. Um, and it had that camping feel and yeah, it was just a, a different experience. Um, so you went from powwow dancer to professional dancer. How did that kind of happen? And, and tell us a little bit more about your career as a dancer. Okay. So, um, I would say that powwow has been such a grounding dance for me because it was one of the first um, styles of dance that I ever started dancing, um, jingle dress specifically. And then also on my mom's side, um, the corn dance, but, uh, you know, sometimes people are like, are you a Haskell rascal? And I'm like, no, my parents actually met during the Relocation Act in the 1970s. So um, that's why, like, my Indigenous background is so, like, polar opposite almost. You know, I'm Woodland and Pueblo. So um, I think that's kind of important to kind of, like, note as well, because um, I don't know, just like Powell has really helped me ground myself to being from two completely different climates, regions, time zones, um, that I'm able to honestly connect with like more people who I share that commonality with as well. So I started power dancing at four with my brother who was a lot older than me. Um, I have four older brothers and they were all power dancers as well. So I would go on the trail with them while my mom was working in the summertime. So that alone, like no parental <laughs> <laughs> no parental guidance, I guess. Um, we were, and they were all teenagers, and I was, you know, juniors, a really young kid. And to be traveling with my older brothers was just such an awesome, awesome experience. And we were exposed to so much, and it was just so fun. And growing up, um, my brother he actually went into professional modeling. He was discovered. <laughs> Um, I don't remember where or how because I was so young, but he was a professional model. So he kind of was in the industry and I was able to witness him in this modeling professional industry. He lived in Milan. You know, he traveled all over the world modeling for, you know, fashion shows and fashion magazines. And back then we didn't have like social media. So it wasn't like a big deal. Um, but it really was amazing to witness. So I was exposed to contemporary dance around the age of 13. I had never like knew what contemporary dance was. I always was like really into sports, track, cross country, you know, um, really into like athletic sports, but I never knew what contemporary dance was. And I went to, um, one of his shows, he was in theater. They, they were making him take theater classes and they had this contemporary performer come out and I was just, uh, I gasped, you know, I was taken back by how like graceful the movement was. It was something I've never really seen. Um, I was extremely just like honored to witness something like that. So I specifically remember like tapping on my mom's shoulder and I'm like, mom, mom, mom. She's like, what? I was like, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. So for my 13th birthday, my mom took me to my first dance class. Um, it was a jazz dance class. And I was very overwhelmed because I had no idea what to expect. You know, it just kind of threw me in there. They were like, test out this class, see if you like it. And um, I loved it. I loved it. And from there, I just went full force. I started taking all these other dance classes. I started taking ballet. Um, jazz, tap, modern, hip hop. And then I started competing um, like nationally as well. And I auditioned for a solo and I started making, I started auditioning for dance companies at a young age, the Nutcracker, the Red Shoes. I was able to participate in all these amazing ballets and um, travel. So 
Um, at the age of 16, I went professional with this dance company wow. in Idlewild, wow. California. Um, it's pretty insane because um, technically you're supposed to be with parental guidance until you're 18. Um, but I was given permission by my mother to tour with this dance company. And it was honestly a, such an amazing experience. I was training like 10 hour days, um, doing costume, rehearsal, sound check. Um, working with a lot of older dancers. I think there was one 18-year-old. I was the youngest. I was 16. Um, and every, everybody else in the company was at least 18 and older. So it, I really was able to kind of learn a lot from them just through conversation, dancing, um, experience-wise. And they really took me under their wing. Each Every single company member took me under their wing and you know, helped me and showed me and kind of mentored me because they knew I was like the baby of the group. So it really was an awesome experience. And after that, um, I graduated high school and I took off and started dancing with three other dance companies and kind of toured all over the country and the world. And um, a big part of that constant um, thing that the cyclical cycle in my dance career is that powwow was the constant it always remained something that I would always be able to go back to and it was always accessible because no matter where you go in the country there's powwows everywhere and then you just feel right at home as soon as you like go to a powwow and you're you're gonna know somebody I mean the one degree separation Indian country is just so amazing so like you can go anywhere in the country and probably run into somebody that you know somehow some way so that was the one constant thing throughout like my professional career that I was able to rely on when I was dancing. And also not only that, just like the different reservations from traveling and Powell's was really cool. So I think that um, even to this day, like I started dancing on a few like powwow groups, um, you know, and was able to travel with them as well, which is really awesome. And that was really kind of cool to see powwow in like a theater sense. Um, again, um, and since it hasn't happened in a very long time, but it's really coming back and it's really awesome. And yeah. So you spent your know, time touring as a dancer, uh, doing powwows and then professionally. So where did the idea come for, you know, trying to write a book from all of that? Yeah. So I think that. Um, well, I was doing an actual performance in Santa Fe and I was performing for five people. And I was like, that's interesting. Five people. They must be really special because um, I've never done a show for five people and five people only. So um, I kind of asked like the lady that hired me, the production company, and I was like, who are the five people? Oh, and she's like, oh, they're five fashion magazine editors. Glamour, Vogue, Marie Claire. Um, L and I can't remember the fifth, the fifth magazine. So I was like, what? So she was like, yeah. So I knew that this was going to be a rare opportunity in time where the stars aligned for me to be in a room with five fashion magazine editors. I don't know if the opportunity would ever come up again. It has it thus far. So after our performance, you know, we did like a little powwow performance and after our performances, we do like a meet and greet and then you can take photos. So to me, I saw it as an opportunity to introduce myself and kind of bring awareness to these fashion magazine editors who are all um, in the, into fashion. 
um, that indigeneity and indigenous representation is really, I was like, you guys are at the forefront, <laughs> you know, to put it out there that there's real indigenous creators and people and dancers and scholars and writers and models and all of these native people who who possess so much talent and are actual people from the reservation who lived these lives these authentic native lives and have authentic native stories to share and um you know I was kind of just like telling them I was like you know it would be amazing to have authentic indigenous representation in your magazines instead of you know using non-natives to model native clothes or to model or or tell our stories for us I was like it's been really disheartening you know as an indigenous person to constantly never see us in you know media at all at all at all so two weeks later I get a call from Glamour magazine and she was like we have great news we want to feature you in our magazine so I was I was like very overwhelmed with the news and it happened so quickly it was literally a matter of days that they had me like with the photographer they wanted me to they were interviewing me they were fact checking me they were doing all these different things so that's kind of how this book started initially because the article came out and it was an amazing platform um I am very excited and honored to be a part of Glamour um, so I got a call from Penguin Random House and they reached out to me and they were like, wow, we really, we saw your article and we think it's really touching because I do share about, um, some discrimination or racism that I felt as a, as a, as a young teenager and how it was hard to kind of navigate that discrimination. And the one thing that made me feel proud and always rooted in who I was, was dancing. And Palo is, you know, obviously included in that. So um, once this um, publisher reached out, she was just like, we really want to share your story. And we think that, I'm sorry, we think that um, it would be amazing to turn it into a children's book, a children's picture book. And I think writing the book was one challenge in itself. And I'm not an illustrator or um, an, uh, an author, I mean, um, an artist, you know, like a graphic designer. Right. And so describing a powwow to a non-native was very challenging as well. Um, describing the beauty, the nuances, it's the aesthetic of a powwow, the energy of a powwow was so hard to explain it to a non-native if they've never been there. So putting all of this amazing powwow and the powwow trail and stories that you have to share into a book, but into a tiny sentence as well was very challenging for me um, because I just, it, there's just so much immense, beautiful things to say about traveling and powwows and dancing. So it was really hard for me to condense my thoughts to like a sentence or two, but I mean, it was really fun. And that's kind of like, that's how it all happened. It just, it, it just, it honestly was amazing. It kind of seems like magical um, that it just, it happened um, because I never imagined in a million years that I would be writing a children's book. So it feels like a huge, huge honor. 
<laughs> I mean, that's awesome. That, um, congratulations for the book, but also congratulations on taking that opportunity you had in that performance there and really seizing that. That's amazing. Um, I don't know that a lot of people would have had that forethought. So um, that's really great that you seize that and uh, look at what it's turned into. That's great. Um, all right. So the book comes out September uh, 13th. Um, looks like it's going to be available on all the major platforms, um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all those places. Um, so now that you're a book author and you've been featured in Glamour, what's next for you? Um, I'm still going to keep dancing right now. I'm working on some creative projects. I think that what I've noticed when it comes to, I know it's a children's book, but writing this book, I really noticed that it's like a communal art um, because I needed a lot of reassurance when I was writing it to share this because I figured like it's such a huge platform. Um, it kind of felt overwhelming and intimidating to me and in so many ways. And I just felt like I was representing all of Indian country. Not only that, but like, you know, the powwow trail um, and my tribes. So it was very overwhelming and intimidating for me to kind of get past um, a certain point in my my writing but I, what I've noticed from this whole experience is that writing is such an amazing way to storytell with my dancing. So right now I'm really working on some dancing projects with, where I'm incorporating a lot of storytelling within it because I feel like that's kind of what happened in this book. I didn't realize that I was storytelling and dancing is storytelling and powwow is storytelling and all of it is just so interconnected they're really not disconnected whatsoever so right now I'm working on some more projects where I am intersecting and weaving together different mediums now like spoken word um, video audio dancing um, things like that and right now I am just trying to stay focused and keep keep riding the momentum that I have going right now because being self-disciplined as an artist has been really hard, but what I've noticed is that as long as I consistently work on something, I'm able to do it. And that's where the inspiration comes. I have to do all of the corny shit every single day to make sure that I'm staying in a good heart and a good mind um, to keep creating projects. And right now I have like a few shows coming up. I'll be going to Washington, D.C. I hope to have a book tour. So I'm planning that and working with different tribes and reservations to, you know, I would love to do live book readings for different reservations and kids and maybe some performances. Um, you know, I would love to get dancing with the kids out there and, you know, have these circles and these like book readings, I think it would be really great to connect with communities and really have these conversations with kids and stuff because dancing was something I had no idea that contemporary dance especially was, I had no idea like how expressive and how liberating it is to actually be able to move your body and reclaim all of your body parts and you know affirm to yourself that your body is strong and I feel like dance has really done that and I, I just want to share that with you know kids because when I grew up um I you know pretty much I felt like I'm pretty tall for 
a native girl, well, for a Southwest native. Um, so I was always expected to play basketball or be in sports. And I just did not have the hand-eye coordination for basketball. I tried so hard. Um, but, you know, the performing arts is really, it's really something amazing. And I think that dancing is like really cool. And I just want to share that journey with other native kids um, that, you know, it is amazing to be expressive and artistic and vulnerable and dance is so vulnerable. And I just want to share more of my vulnerability as well, because Paolo's, um Powell's have exposed me to a certain life at such a young age, traveling, um, you know, staying with friends, family, laughter, you know, and that was when I was a kid. But as I got older, as a teenager traveling, um, that exposed me to a whole another life as well. I almost felt like a rock star, like just traveling all the time, going to all these new cities and, you know, meeting all these new people and just like having a grand old time. So I... I don't know. I just really feel like there's just so much to share and it's exciting. That's great. Hold on, just sorry. My daughter's heading off to practice. Um, she's in, she's in winter garden. They do a lot of dancing too. So, um, again, this is congratulations. Really incredible story to see. I mean, going from powwows to glamour to book, um, and 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 also performing uh, contemporary dance around the world. That's really, really it's, it's pretty inspirational. So, thank you for sharing that, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hopefully, yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, just re- just to remind everyone, my book will be out September thirteenth, twenty twenty two. I'm on Facebook, Ria Thundercloud. And I am also on Instagram at, you know, Instagram.com slash danceria underscore. Um, So, you know, follow me and I will, I'm excited to share this journey with everyone. It's just, it's just started, you know, and I've known about this book for so long and it's (laughs) so exciting to share the news finally. And when my publisher was like, it's out, you can you know, share the news with people. So it can be ordered on tons of platforms, Walmart, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. So I'm excited to see it hit the shelves and, you know, kind of see like, see it out there. It's really exciting and nerve wracking. I'm hitting the pre-order button right now on Amazon. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Don't forget to head over to www.powells.com slash findingmydance to pre-order your book. Support Rhea and go ahead and order that book. Hey, maybe maybe you want to order a couple? 
It's Mother's Day is coming up, and of course, it's never too early to start shopping for the holidays. All right, so this week's trivia question is another theme around Gathering of Nations. It's coming up soon. I'll talk more about that in just a minute. But who was the last crowned Miss Indian World? We interviewed her on the show just a couple of weeks ago. So who was the last crowned Miss Indian World at the Gathering of Nations powwow? All right, so let's talk about that. In just a few weeks, we will be streaming live the 2022 Gathering of Nations. Don't miss any of that. It's going to be amazing. You can head over to powwows.com slash 2022GON to find out all the information about how you can watch the stream, what's going on at the powwow. It is North America's largest powwow, and you're not going to want to miss any of the singing and dancing. We'll have two streams going on, all the powwow stuff going on inside the arena, and we'll be streaming on a separate stream all of the performances on Stage 49. So that's all of your music acts, your comedians, your dance groups, and all kinds of other things going on out there at Stage 49. Powwows.com slash 2022-GON for all that information. And a special shout out to our patrons. They are the Booster Club of Powwows.com, and they are supporting by making contributions to really help move the site forward, to keep us producing great content like this, hiring more writers, and streaming more powwows. You can join our Patreon community by heading to powwownation.com. I'd love for you to be a part of that. And thanks to all our patrons for their continued support. Also, we've got a big giveaway going on this month. With all the stuff we're doing for Gathering Nations, it's only right that we have a big giveaway this month. We're giving away five Pendleton blankets. Thanks to our friends over at Pendleton for presenting this contest. You can head on over to powwows.com slash win. Enter daily for your best chance at winning. And don't forget, we are hiding secret little bonus codes all throughout the website in our email, our newsletter, our live shows, and even podcasts. So here is your special bonus code to get extra entries into the Pendleton Blanket giveaway. 32546. That's 32546. Head on over to powwows.com slash win, enter that bonus code, and get your extra entries. That code is only available for listening to this podcast, and we'll have more throughout the month of April. So be sure to enter daily to get the best chances to win one of those five Pendleton Blankets. Again, this contest is presented by our friends over at Pendleton, so thank them for their support, too. All right, everybody, that wraps up this episode of the Powwow Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Rhea Thundercloud, and I hope to see you at Gathering Nations or online in the chat during the stream. Have a great week, everybody, and I'll see you soon. for listening to the Power Life podcast from powwows.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of our next episode. Find a powwow near you by visiting www.powwows.com forward slash calendar. Support powwows.com by visiting www.powwownation.com. Here's this week's trivia question. You can head over to powwowlife.com to fill out the form and submit your answer. All the right answers are entered into a drawing for a 10-sticker powwows.com sticker pack. Here's the question. 
This year, we are celebrating a big milestone. We have been live streaming for a number of years. So tell me, what year was the first year we streamed and what was the first powwow we streamed? If you've been listening or following our content, you should be able to find it. Good luck. Powwowlife.com to submit your answer. What was the first powwow and what year did we first live stream? Good luck and thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.